Hey Sleep Whisperer family, welcome to episode 49 of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I hope this episode finds you in a moment when you are safe and well amidst the pandemic. Happy Wednesday and in case you missed this, our new episode airs every Wednesday. I'm so excited to welcome another sleep soul sister and my dear friend Dr. Diane Haspel-Johnson. Over this hour, we are going to discover the magic behind self-hypnosis and discover how you have the power to help yourself sleep. In case you missed episodes 32 and 33 with Jordan Rystrom on self-hypnosis, go back and take a listen, especially since episode number 33 is a guided session which you can play every night. Dr. Diane Haspel-Johnson earned a BFA from Rhode Island School of Design followed by her PhD in psychology with an emphasis on health psychology. Although she continues to speak on a broad range of topics to professionals, to the public in podcast summits, sleep has become her particular area of expertise and has led her to become a VIP contributor to Ariana Huffington's wellness site, thriveglobal.com. Dr. Diane maintains licenses from both the California and Colorado Boards of Psychology, is a consultant for the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis, co-founder of the Los Angeles Erickson Institute, as well as a member of the Society of Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis, American Psychological Association Division of Hypnosis. She also holds a certificate as a somatic experiencing practitioner. This review on Apple Podcast is titled Sleep Whisperer. Deepa is an extraordinary interviewer sharing her passion and wisdom for sleep being the new medicine as she guides her audience with diversity in topics to address the battle of sleep deprivation, stress and the basic foundation of our health and well-being. She offers profound support. Deepa is compassionate and intelligent, sensitive and intuitive. She creates a beautiful rhythm and dance in conversation with her guests, thus providing a stimulating podcast for her listeners. Don't miss listening to her. She is teaching us how to enhance our health through the power of sleep. Oh, thanks, Dr. Zimmerman. Deepa is the best. Take a listen to episode number 49 now on self-hypnosis with Dr. Diane Haspel-Johnson. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I'm your host, Deepa. Join me and my many expert guests and medical professionals from the cutting-edge science of functional medicine of the West and ancient wisdom of the East. Learn all about how to discover your root causes of poor sleep and understand the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey with the Sleep Whisperer Podcast.
Dan, such a pleasure to have you and you're looking so pretty in pink. I wish our listeners could actually see you. Today we are talking about hypnosis, self-hypnosis for better sleep. And I know that I've been completely blown away and impressed by the videos that I've watched of you breaking down so many complex sciences into very simple, accessible tools for uh, listeners to really understand and you come from such a, a magical space of in, an intersection between psychology, hypnotherapy, somatic experience and I'd really like to first of all understand how did you come down this path of this specific amalgamation of these three uh, such they seem to be um, connected to each other in a way, but they're also so different. So how did that journey actually happen? And then um, I can't actually wait for you to take us through hypnosis and what exactly it is and how can it, it's very powerful in terms of sleep restoration. So trying to really understand from a psychologist's point of view on uh, how does it affect us positively in both psychological and physiological realms. But first, let's hear about Diane and Diane's story. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be here, Deepa. I love the show, as you know. So I'm really happy and honored to be here with you and your listeners. Um, you know, I actually sometimes say that, um, that art is the career I chose, but um, psychology and hypnosis and working with sleep is the career that chose me. Ah. I, <laughs> I actually started out um, as an artist and a designer oh. before I was a psychologist. And um, I really struggled with uh, pretty severe health issues and also with energy and sleep issues, which I know you can understand and um, you understand um, the difficulties, particularly because of your child, about having sort of compromised adrenal function and things like that. And when I was a child, of course, we didn't know this was what it was, but I had really a lot of struggles with my energy and with sleep. I remember having insomnia as, as far back as I can remember. I mean, which was, you know, I remember at three having disturbed sleep and insomnia. And um, I continued to struggle as I grew up with immune issues and pain issues and a lot of health problems that just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And um, all the way through uh, university. And then I decided to leave my career in design and go and get a PhD in psychology. I thought I was gonna work in art therapy, but it, that never happened. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> I, my health was so bad and my sleep was like, four to seven hours per night of insomnia and disturbed sleep and um, chronic fatigue and infections and all thing, kinds of things like that. And so when I was in graduate school, I had a professor who trained me in hypnosis. And so I started doing self-hypnosis and I knew a lot about my health problems. And I also knew a lot about physiology and immunology because I come from a family of doctors and I was at the time working in a medical practice um, with uh, internist allergist immunologist with my step, you know, my stepfather. And um, so I started doing self-hypnosis and my health completely turned around. 
So oh. I had been extremely ill for about a decade and then it was dramatic, the change. And so we were able to measure it in terms of blood tests, allergy, skin tests, things like that. And my insomnia really changed. My sleep became really good and healthy. My energy was healthy and everything got better. So we started doing, I started doing hypnosis with the clients there and, um, and they started not only feeling better, but having changes in their, um, in their lab tests and measurable things. And so um, that started my journey and ultimately led me also to somatic experiencing, which is for the listeners, it's a way that the immune system and or the nervous system um, holds stress and emotions and trauma. And it's a way of helping the system to safely release that. So all of those things sort of naturally came together for me. You know, Diane, I have so many things to add when you mention this, that uh, first of all, I mean, when you spoke about a decade of challenges with health, I mean, I think that just resonates so deeply with me personally, and I'm sure with a lot of listeners, and that can be deeply painful because it impacts every area of your life, your relationships, your ability to work, and you mentioned energy. But when I'd like you to just break down a little bit. You mentioned that there were measurable changes and you could see this even in other people. What are some of the markers that actually change? So if you could just breathe, actually talk about how does it look like on labs when something gets positively impacted by hypnosis? Just maybe take us through a few markers which actually changed for you. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So in my particular case, um, I had very, very severe allergies. So I, um, from the time I was nine, which was the first time I was tested for inhalant allergens like um, dust and trees and weeds and things like that, um, pollen, I was positive, um, but like extremely positive, like where it was it was like the size of a welt on my uh, skin test um, to 69 out of 80 inhalant allergens. That was consistent from the time I was about nine until I was uh, 26, which is um, how old I was when I got trained in hypnosis. Mm. So I had fortunately just done the tests again, repeated the tests, which we did every few years at age 26. So six months after I started doing hypnosis, we tested me again, and I was only positive to 17 out of the wow. 80. Wow. So that is statistically unheard of. Mm. So that's one way in which my, my system changed. I also had some pretty significant changes in my cortisol levels, mm. which I know you are interested yes. in. Yes. <laughs> and, and um, I also noticed that, so, so I, I have a, um, a naturally fast heart rate. Mm. So I had a lot of difficulty in getting my heart rate actually below, uh, you know, a um, hundred prior to doing hypnosis. So then after I started doing hypnosis, my heart rate went down into the low eighties. Wow. So, so that's a, that's a significant yes, difference. Absolutely. 
And so for me, um, those were just some of the changes that I began to experience in my, um, my observation in the medical practice with other patients. We were seeing other changes in, um, in terms of also things like anxiety and depression. And, um, and of course, people were reporting differences in, their, in the, the amount of time it took them to go to sleep. And, um, and we were seeing changes in blood pressure. So there's studies on looking at hypnosis with regards to blood pressure, hypnosis with regards to digestive ailments, particularly things like irritable bowel syndrome and things like that. And of course, all of those things, as you know, um, affect the, um, the brain and the nervous system, right? Because um, the digestive system is really our abdominal brain. Yes. Abdominal brain is in there and that connects through the center of our body and up to, you know, through our necks and into the brains in our heads. And there's a feedback system that goes back and forth between our abdominal brain and our, and the brains in our heads. Yes. So we want to calm our entire systems. So it sounds as if you're saying that hypnosis has a direct effect in shifting somebody from a dominantly sympathetic state into a parasympathetic. If they've been perpetually in that state of fight or flight where heart rate is high, cortisol is high, and then um, so everything is shifting into a calmer, more relaxed state. And Diana, I must add that when you mentioned uh, that some of these uh, modalities chose me. That's such a beautiful statement because in yoga, the saying is always, you don't choose yoga, yoga chooses you. Or, right? So there's always, and you yes. mentioned that you actually trained in the arts and I'm actually also a graduate of fine arts. So we have one more similarity right there. Now <laughs> let's talk about, you did mention to me, which is sounded to me like one of your mantras. And I'm sure we all have these specific uh, statements that we make. And yours is that poor sleep is really a symptom of uh, poor quality rest. So what do you exactly mean by that? And is that you mean overstimulation? What does poor rest actually mean? I'm so glad that you asked, Deepa, because to me, you know, when I, I have, as you know, a, um, an, um, some online tools to teach people self-hypnosis for sleep, that it's videos that teach them and eBooks and, um, and the set comes with seven uh, downloadable audios that are different lengths and they do different things and they're very specific. And, um, but really I was so motivated to do that because I, I want to empower people to learn how to heal their sleep. Mm. But after I made those sets and when I really thought about it, I thought, well, actually what I'm really interested in, what I think is really important is rest because people tend to focus on their problems with sleep. But in fact, problems with sleep are a symptom of something else. So if I, if I wind back the clock and I think about um, when I first got trained in hypnosis and I started thinking more about the nuances of language and metaphor, because hypnosis taps in a lot to metaphor and stories. Right? Mm -hmm. you, you, 
you know, you shift your perceptions and you shift your physical reality, your reaction. So for just, as, just to back up for a second, for example, when we um, are excited and happy about something, our heart rate increases and we get sort of more blood flow and we have certain physical reactions. Well, those physical reactions are actually quite similar to when we're afraid and we're getting ready to Yes, yes, yes. A lot of whether those things are sympathetic, meaning for uh, meaning activating in a um, stressful way versus uh, parasympathetic, so activating in a in a resourcing and, and beneficial way, that, that has to do a lot with perception, the perception of threat. Mm. So when we shift our perception from a th that of threat to that of resource, it makes all the difference in the world to our nervous system. Well, hypnosis is a tool that can help us to do that. And, and when we understand how to use it, we're empowered to make those changes ourselves. Then we don't, then someone doesn't need me to design something for them or tell them something. My goal is to teach them how they can do that for themselves. So um, sort of going back a little bit to um, looking at the metaphor and how we can shift things, right? Um, I think it's really important to look at what is the cause of the sleep problems. Yes. So when I, was, when I was starting to learn hypnosis, I thought to myself, isn't it interesting that I am exhausted all the time? So exhausted that my immune system can't function normally. My ad adrenal system is overtaxed and yet I can't sleep. So I'm exhausted, but I can't sleep. Mm. What a strange thing to have happen. And so I started to think, well, what is the solution to that? Well, the solution is to, to, is to figure out a way to connect being awake and being asleep. And that is resting. Mm. So if you rest properly, you have better energy that you can use during your daytime for healthy relationships and productivity and making good choices for yourself and all of that. And you can sleep better. So when we don't sleep well, I actually think that's a symptom of another problem. So a lot of times people focus on dealing with a symptom of insomnia or disturbed sleep or fatigue, but they're not really looking at the root of that yes. issue. Yes. So what I'm wanting to do is to tap into that root. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Everything you said. And you know, it's very interesting, Dan, you, you mentioned a key differentiation between sympathetic could not just mean that it's a threat. It's about perception. It could be that you're getting excited over something. Uh, and you know, it's so interesting that 
um, in yoga too that it's sympathetic is not something negative. It's the extrovert pathway and this parasympathetic is the introvert pathway. And it's not that one is bad, but it's, it is about having them in balance. And that's what is the key. So you also spoke into that in a very similar manner. And although um, I've asked a question in my sleep community about does anyone lose sleep after they receive exciting news in the evening and they've all said sleep goes for a toss. Uh, so excitement, whether it's positive or something which is stressful, uh, can both spike that adrenal function and trigger a state of um, poor sleep. But I think you differentiated that it's all about perception, which is very important to me. And I'm actually looking excited to con conclude our conversation and go get myself your um, hypnosis tool. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to get that as soon as we are done. But let's talk about you spoke about now. I'd like to speak a little bit about what is this high quality rest and um, you did say that it can be that this is the you mentioned high quality rest as this intersection between sleep and wakefulness, which is very key. And um, how can that high quality rest? What does it look like for somebody, first of all? And how can that actually improve energy and also sleep? So you're trying to do two things. You're trying to improve daytime energy and then the quality of nighttime sleep. So what does this high quality rest look like? Right. So for me, the, the reason that I think my, um, my health was so dramatically changed by the hypnosis is because um, I started enforcing with myself these little breaks where I did my self-hypnosis. Now, what I didn't know at the time, and that was over 25 years ago that I started doing self-hypnosis. What I didn't know is that hypnosis, when they've done brain studies, and they've done a lot of functional MRIs now to study hypnosis, seems to be dominantly a theta brainwave. Mm. Now, you, you probably know, and maybe the listeners know, that when you are sleeping, you go through different brain waves at the different cycles of sleep. We, we go through four stages of sleep, REM, non-REM, REM, non-REM, REM, non-REM, and REM, non-REM, and then we start the cycles all over again. And each time we do that, when we go into the non-REM, non-rapid eye movement sleep, we move into slower and slower brain waves. The truly restful sleep happens in the third and fourth stages where we're getting into more of the theta and then the deltas. And that's where we truly sleep deeply and get a different quality of rest. So around stage three is where there tends to be the theta brainwaves in sleep. It's interesting that hypnosis actually um, provokes theta brainwaves dominantly. So you can see how doing self-hypnosis, you're actually, in a sense, I think of it as we're, we're building that muscle. We're yeah. tapping into that theta brainwave. So when you 
consider like in my case, I do my self-hypnosis every single day. I have now for 25 years. I notice a difference if I don't do it. So maybe 10 times in the last 25 years, I haven't done it. That's how much better I sleep. Even though my health is, is good and I sleep really well, I keep it up. Why? Because I know it's really important to give myself that quality rest. So some of my clients and some of the people using my sleep tests like to listen to self-hypnosis or practice their own self-hypnosis when they're going to sleep. Others do it during the day. I find that if someone is, um, is having a stressful day and they're super busy, taking even 10 minutes or 20 minutes during the day to do some self-hypnosis really resets them and connects them to themselves. And then they actually have more energy so they can be more productive. And then when they get into bed, even if they hear that exciting news, they can go to sleep. So it's, it's, um, it's about finding these little pockets of really high quality rest. Sometimes that can also happen with certain types of meditation and certainly some types of more of the, um, as the Hatha yoga and Savasana can give people um, a sense of a really deep restfulness. And I think that that can be very, very helpful in terms of um, helping to go to sleep later. Do you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. That? Yes. And I think what's most uh, important for our listeners is this to understand this. What I really took away from all that you've spoke so far was that we need these two polar different aspects, but we need them together. So we need this very productive, dynamic, energetic state. And then we also need to be able to shift into this calm state where we can have this deep restorative sleep. Uh, and uh, you did mention Shavasana, Diane. I don't know if you are familiar with Yoga Nidra. Uh, so Yoga Nidra mm -hmm. is um, a similar, it's very similar to hypnosis. It, and it's said that it's a session of Yoga Nidra gives you the same deep rest that comes from four to five hours of deep sleep. Uh, so right. you you should um, try out a session of that and tell me what you think as well. Uh, but yes. let's actually dive a little bit into hypnosis. So what is hypnosis? And break that down for us in the most simple way so that somebody who's has no um, no knowledge of the sciences or anything that we're talking about in terms of psychology, how can somebody really understand? What is hypnosis? What is it doing to them? I know you mentioned that it takes you into the similar theta waves as deep restorative sleep, but what else is happening and what exactly is it? And how can, can anybody actually learn to uh, do self-hypnosis for themselves? Or do you suggest that they follow something and just uh, maybe you've got the tools? So are your tools actually to train them how to do it for themselves or do you actually are there also resources where they can just listen to you and just follow along yeah so um so on my um website there are some as you know there are some videos talking more about hypnosis and explaining to people the truths about hypnosis because i think there's a lot of misunderstanding 
about what hypnosis is and what it isn't. And, um, you know, people see a lot in, in the media or in movies or in stage hypnosis. And so they think it's just for entertainment or this, it's this kind of like, you know, weird thing or that it isn't real. But in fact, there's a professional community um, of people like myself or physicians who have been specially trained in hypnosis for therapeutic reasons and according to code of ethics. So um, there, are, it, there are measurement tools since around 1960, the Stanford scale and the Harvard scale, where you can actually measure hypnosis, hypnotizability, and they have found that it's a stable characteristic, meaning that if, if I was to do the Stanford scale on you to measure um, your natural tendency towards hypnosis, I could do that today and I could do that in 25 years and, and objectively it would be about the same. Wow. So, yeah, so it's actually a measurable tool. It's not really this sort of out there, you know, woo-woo thing that sometimes yes, people think it is. Mm, but then I think now I'm very tempted to have me be a guinea pig for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Yes. I'll show you what it means. We'll have to do that. That would be fun. <laughs> you know, um, the other thing is, is that I would, what I would suggest to listeners who are interested is, um, and, and you can put this in the show notes, but there is actually a free ebook and video that people can download it's, it's about a, a 17 page ebook. So it's, it's easy to read, it's fast, but it's something that they can have and understand a little bit more about. about some, so I cover some sleep hygiene tips and I also cover um, the, you know, some the best times of day to get the high quality rest and why and how it taps into the circadian rhythm and things like that, you know, ad adrenal systems and things like that. So that I think would be a really great resource for the listeners. Yes. But in short, um, you know, hypnosis is something that occurs naturally. So most people can be hypnotized. Now, if someone doesn't want to be hypnotized, they won't be. And I would say that if someone has certain conditions like post-traumatic stress with flashbacks, for example, or you know, schizophrenia or dissociative identity disorder or severe depression, then I would say that would be a time when they would be better off going to a, a licensed um, therapist or physician and practitioner and actually working with somebody like that for hypnosis. But for most people, learning self-hypnosis is pretty easy. Mm. And, um, and I think it's, it's very natural and accessible to people. So you know, it's not as difficult as people think. So for example, what hypnosis is in easy to understand terms is it's a type of focused attention where the things in the background seem to sort of fade away and the person becomes really absorbed in the experience that they're having. So that sometimes, you know, a minute seems like an hour or an hour might seem like a minute. Yes. You know, an example I sometimes give is, you know, if you're if you're having a wonderful conversation with somebody in a restaurant and you're so focused on what they're saying that you don't even notice the background noise. Mm. And and the time seems to 
you and I have been talking. I know. I have no idea how long. I was just going to tell mean, you that it's been half an hour and it seems like <laughs> a few minutes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, you know, it feels like, feels to me, I hope it feels like to the listeners, like it's been about seven to 10 minutes. You know, we're so focused on what we're saying to each other and, you know, it's interesting to both of us, I think. And so the time is just flying by. And, you know, uh, I, you know, I haven't noticed where my cats are in the room or anything <laughs> like that. They're probably running around somewhere. In but... fact, somewhere in the middle, my dogs were growling at each other and I could <laughs> just tap a toe on one of them to tell them to silence themselves. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, you know, so so the thing is, is when people get really focused on something and it might be something extremely pleasant, you know, time shifts, everything else fades away. You know, this is why sometimes someone who has um, fatigue or a, a pain condition might might be watching a movie that's a good movie. And during the time they're... Yeah, for that time, the pain is actually less. Mm. Now, when they stop watching the movie, it might return to normal. But it, by the same token, when they are hyper-focused on the pain, everything else might seem to fade into the background and the pain actually might intensify. So learning how to use self-hypnosis can actually teach people how to shift away from painful experiences and towards more relaxing experiences. So for me, for example, I have fibromyalgia. I've always had fibromyalgia. So I've, I've had chronic pain my entire life. Mm. Now, there was a time before I learned hypnosis where it was debilitating, where if I walked two blocks Ooh. to the store and back, I, I couldn't move from pain for a few days. Oh. Now, after learning hypnosis and doing self-hypnosis, my body is healthier. I still have fibromyalgia. You know, I still have a sensitivity with pain, but it doesn't bother me for the most part. Rarely does it bother me. Mm. You know, it doesn't stop me from doing the things that I want to do. It doesn't stop me from being very busy and productive and living a happy life. It used to interfere. And, and so the, what the hypnosis has done is it's helped me to manage the pain in a way that I'm still aware if I need to do something about it, if I need to see a doctor, or if I would need, but it doesn't bother me. And that's, I think, because I'm able to focus my attention in a way that is attentive to any problems that need help. But in the things that are just part of the way that my body normally functions, those things for the most part don't bother me. Yeah, so, makes sense. Makes so much sense. And in yeah. fact, uh, there are so many listeners who have uh, spo um, spoken about fibromyalgia itself. So uh, that's a great thing that you mentioned because so many people struggle with pain. But then I do want us to have a little bit of time to actually talk about uh, when you say, maybe you could take us through what actually, let, let's say I come to you to um, uh, learn how to do self-hypnosis for myself because I'm struggling with sleep challenges and a host of other physiological issues as well. What would I actually go through? So just talk us through uh, actually what would happen and um, what would you actually guide somebody with? 
Well, so to, to make it even simpler, um, you know, because I've given a lot of thought to this, obviously, because I have these self-hypnosis tools that are online, you know, is um, explaining to people what hypnosis is and what it isn't and why it's effective. I think it's really empowering to people when they understand why something works the way it works. Yes. Some people like to understand more than others. And, and so I took a lot of time. I actually spent about uh, a year and a half to two years working on these materials because I want people to, in a very simple way, be able to understand what it's doing. And then talk, I would talk to people, you know, um, like I have in these eBooks and in these videos about when to listen, when is the best time to listen to hypnosis? where to be, you know, for example, you know, you don't want to listen to it when you are driving a car, you want to be in a quiet space. Yes. And um, you want to uh, create an atmosphere that's safe for you, so that you can truly relax. Mm. And then it's about learning how to walk yourself through it. You know, one of the things that I like to do in the beginning of almost every recording in the in the set and what I do commonly in some of the self-hypnosis that I create for people in my office, in my private practice, is to say something like, at this time, you're free to experience only what's comfortable and right for you. And there's nothing to accomplish right now and nothing to prove, right. nothing to worry about and nothing to fear. Now, one of the things that I just did there is I created a safety mechanism. At this time, you're free to experience only what's comfortable and right for you. And that really gives the power back to the person doing the self-hypnosis, right? It's what's comfortable and right for them. And that and sounds not- simple enough, Diane, but honestly, there are so many people who struggle to actually do that but because they're always thinking about serving somebody their responsibilities, what they need to do, their identity of who they are. Uh, so, so many people actually, it's a shift for them. It's a mindset alteration, uh, right. which allows them to actually slow down. So that's really wonderful that you create that actual space. Right. And then it's about walking people into the experience of hypnosis what, what people often tell me when they have listened to the sets is, is that ultimately, some people like to continue to listen to the recordings, but they understand what the recordings are doing. So it becomes their own. Sometimes I've had people tell me that they stop listening to the recordings and they just, um, they, they understand enough that they can walk themselves through it. And sometimes people will tell me, I'm like the voice in their head. So it's like they can hear my voice, which is always really lovely because there's a lot of nuance to it. And so I find that, you know, it's really a matter of personal preference. And it also depends, you know, um, sometimes people download some of these hypnosis apps. I find that, that the ones for sleep in particular, they're very relaxing, but they're not really tapping into um, some of the sleep architecture. So I think that's really important for people to be aware of what I was talking about before with the going from REM to non-REM those four times. Mm. So there are certain 
things that that um, I explain in the eBooks and in the videos, but that I also want the listeners to understand those, some of those things are really important, right? Because what we're going for is the deep sleep because the deep sleep is where you get the kind of quality sleep that you really need to heal your system and also to support your brain health and your memory and your ability to process information, including stressful things that happen during the day so that when you wake up in the morning, you can feel actually rested. And I Does know because I, I, yes, of course, I was going to say that there are so many people who struggle with, I think a large section of the world struggles with some part of trauma and the inability to release it. Uh, which then becomes the, it's like the wallpaper that's there, whatever they're doing, it's coloring the personality, it's making them who they are, it affects the their choices, their choices in relationships. So yes, makes absolute sense that you say that we need that level of rest in order to even uh, move past that trauma and, you know, not build these long-standing traumatic memories that don't serve us, but instead we are able to release that and uh, come into our own in a way where we can work towards um, our vision of who each of us are meant to be. So key differentiation, Dan, and um, I think for sure I'm going to go get those tools right away and I'm going to probably try them out today. Is there a time of the day that people can do them? I mean, I know you said some people do them during the day. So do you feel that it can tip somebody into, let's say someone is struggling with poor quality sleep at night and they don't want to really sleep during the day? Can uh, taking themselves through a session make them fall asleep during the day? Uh, that's a great question. And one of the things that I talk about in the, in the um, packages and that I tell people who I work with is it's, I think it's really important to do some, self, some type of self-hypnosis. There are certain key times in the day and you know, um, if people wanna download that free, those free materials, I talk a lot more about that in the free materials. So I would encourage people to do that because there's a lot of information there that's complimentary to them. But in short, um, they, I suggest to people that if they're worried about falling asleep, that they set a timer you know, they can set a timer on their phone or on an alarm clock or something like that so that they don't fall asleep for, you know, an hour or two hours during the day. They give themselves, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, something like that. And, and then they're not going to get into those deeper waves of sleep per se, but they are going to get some quality rest. So this is how I would suggest that the listeners think about it. If you're going, going, going all day and you start to get tired and you start having to tap into those adrenals to be able to keep going. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's, it's bedtime, right? It's 10 o'clock at night and you want to go to, and it's time to go to sleep and you're exhausted. Your adrenals are already taxed and you're amped up because you've been using extra yes. cortisol to mm. get through the day. 
Yes. Well, now, of course, what you're asking your system to do is to suddenly flip a switch and get that heart rate down and, and you know, suddenly go back to this low level of cortisol where, it's, where you can fall asleep. Well, that's difficult for a lot of us to do. Some people can do it and that's wonderful if they can do it. But if you have any dysregulation in your circadian rhythm or in your cortisol or these kinds of things, that can be very difficult. But if you do some self-hypnosis during the day, which is supporting the immune system and the nervous system and tapping into all kinds of good stuff, then you calm your system and you kind of reset yourself. Well, then you go back out and you keep doing the things you need to do during the day. You never get to that elevated level that you would have gotten to if you had just kept going. Mm. So what you're doing is you're actually regulating your system in a very specific kind of way that is helping to build that muscle. And I think that that's why for me and for the people I've worked with and the people who have used these hypnosis sets, I think that's why they're noticing such a difference. So the, the sets have different lengths, as I said, and some are for listening to when going to sleep and to teach people this tool for going to sleep, but some are really actually give people an option for listening during the day or when they're going to sleep. Some are specific for a little cat nap in the afternoon. You know, there's different, some are if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep, because I think that each of us needs a different thing for a different time. And so I think it's, it's really beneficial to, uh, to have a lot of tools in our tool belt. I agree, Dan. In fact, I was just going to add that people should probably use them and then start to make their own discoveries about what works for them at what time and in what way. I mean, it could be definitely very, very unique for each of us. Uh, so yes, Diane, it was such a pleasure having, and I'm sure we could go on and on conversing, but I want to be respectful of your time. And I know that people can get access to all these great tools, which I will promptly do as well. Uh, but uh, in your eyes, what do you think is the biggest root cause for people? So many people struggling with these sleep challenges today. You know, some people have specific uh, medical conditions. Obviously, if it's something like sleep apnea, that's something they want to see a physician for and they want to um, get a sleep study and, and see a physician if they have um, a chronic sleep problem because you always want to you know, be safe and get medical clearance. But for most people, I do think that it is an issue of not getting that transitional rest time. And so I think that people can feel really hopeful and empowered that they can find ways to rest during the day and rest at different specific times that are helpful to them and that it's not going to be another thing on their to-do list. It's actually going to give them more energy and empower them and feel strong that they can actually do something to help heal themselves. And it's a really wonderful resource. So I really think getting the right kind of rest and feeling empowered about that is the most important thing that we can do overall to support our sleep and to support our lives really. 
And you were so right by saying that because I think a lot of people do have this aspect where when they are, they do discover great tools and then they feel it's just one more thing on my to-do list. But they don't differentiate that that's going to be a very profound uh, supportive tool that's going to resonate with them for everything, every area of their life. Um, so it's important. So when you say rest during the day, do you mean uh, taking a time out for a short self-hypnosis session? Do you also suggest that they find other ways to rest, maybe something that resonates with them personally? Uh, so what does that yes. rest look like for? Do you advise anything Yes. I mean, I think that what you were talking about with, with Yoga Nidra, that's a really great example. I think people need to experiment a little bit and, and figure out what works for them. Um, I personally think that hypnosis has certain properties, as we've discussed, that make it particularly beneficial for sleep and, and make it a particularly beneficial kind of rest. It's also a transitional state, right? It's not being awake and it's not being asleep. Mm -hmm. Although think it's like being asleep. Well, it isn't really it's a distinct um, state. And so I think because it's a transitional state between awake and asleep and it taps into both, you know, of course that, that helps because insomnia is and disturbed sleep is also a transitional state, but in an unpleasant way. So that's yeah. one thing. But, you know, I think people should experiment. For example, for me, I, I learned uh, transcendental meditation when I was five and I, I revisited it again about a year and a half ago and started doing transcendental meditation again. I don't find that it's as beneficial for me mm. as this is. Uh, um, I, it's pleasant and it's relaxing and I like doing it, but I don't notice a difference in my sleep or my energy if I don't do it. Whereas with the hypnosis, I do. So I think that people should find what's right for them. Um, and, and I would say, it, it, my recommendation is, is that it be something that's really about connecting to yourself. Yes. It's not about scrolling, you know, on the phone, because that is, that's that maybe uh, taking your mind off some of the stressful things but it's not the same as being present with yourself in a connected way. And I think that this is really about connecting to ourselves in a healthy way. Beautiful, Dan. It was such a pleasure having you. And I must have you complete our podcast mantra. So if sleep is the new medicine, then how would you spin that? <laughs> I love this. If sleep is the new medicine, then um, rest is the new empowerment. Wow, that is really beautiful, Diane. So where can people go to get these wonderful resources? Where can people find you? I know that I watch your videos on LinkedIn, but that's a totally different crowd. I know everybody's not on LinkedIn. So share where can people actually find you? Yeah, so my website um, is www.drdian.com and it's D-R-D-Y-A-N.com. And if they want to go straight to get those free um, resources, the video and the ebook, 
um, they can just go to www.selfhypnosisforhealing.com. And um, they can also find me on Instagram. I, I put out a, a little video, like a Tuesday sleep tip every week. And then that's just Dr. Diane HJ. So it's D-R-D-Y-A-N-H-J. And I sometimes post those videos on LinkedIn. I also post them on YouTube. And so, and, and then usually on, sometimes on Twitter. And um, so, you know, I think that there are a lot of resources out there that I'm trying to give people to really help them. They also are posted on my Facebook, although I'm not as active on Facebook. So um, some of the other places are better. And I also have a blog um, that I post every, every couple of weeks. I try to write a blog. Usually it's focused on sleep and um, it's also cross-posted on Ariana Huffington's wellness site, thriveglobal.com. So there's a lot of resources out there for people and I hope that they utilize them and and, um, and, and please send me comments because I, I love to hear from um, readers and listeners and watchers and yes. what they think. And, you know, know. It's always great to get the feedback. Yes, absolutely. And it's nice to actually know that somebody's actually been impacted by all the hard work that you do. And because it is hard work, it is passionate, but there's so much work involved in creating these dedicated resources for people with the vision to actually help uh, and see that other people are not struggling the way that you used to be. So I think um, it's lovely to know when that actually touches a soul and I hear you and that resonates so well. Thank you, Diane, for being here today. and. Uh, uh, we found so many intersections that maybe at some point I may just say come back Diane and let's have another conversation and uh, um, maybe one day, really, one day we will have you here in India and we will do a live session. <laughs> oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> I would love to. Thanks Diane. Pleasure. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help, on your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. Be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions. Conditions.